0: Hi, everybody. I thought we'd uh, start with a question. And the question is, out of all the things that matter, how do you decide what matters most in life? Because there's a lot of things that matter, right? Uh, Money matters and uh, work and school matters. Uh, Your personal needs matter. Your relationships matter with your spouse, your kids, your parents, your brother, sister, your friends. The question is, out of all the hundreds of things that matter, that are tugging at you, how do you decide in any given situation what matters most? I don't know about you, uh, but I could really use uh, some help in this department. I could really use a mega principle, uh, a reliable guide that would help me uh, sort through the great things in life to focus my life on the greatest thing. Uh, Here's the good news. The good news is that God's Word teaches that there is a mega principle, a reliable guide that will help me choose the greatest thing and help me uh, live my life as, it was, as I was created to live it with power and peace and impact as I build my life around the greatest thing. And this is what we're going to be talking about for the next eight weeks. Uh, the mega principle that... Uh, the Holy Spirit communicates to the Apostle Paul, and Paul gives to us through his letter, first letter to the Corinthians chapter 13. And uh, I don't think there's any more appropriate way to start our study than to read the whole chapter. And I guarantee uh, the profound words of First Corinthians 13 will be the best part of this sermon. And if you're watching online you'll have the scripture text right here on the screen Uh, but today is also the beginning of backyard church yay backyard church great to have hundreds and hundreds of black rockers gathered outside uh it's great being outside but you may not be able to see a screen with the scripture text on it so if uh you do have a, a Bible. I just encourage you to open it to uh, 1 Corinthians 13 or your Bible app. And I'll give you a, a moment here to, uh, to do that uh, because you'll especially want that scripture open for you as we go to uh, the next part, which is your group discussion. Uh, see, I'll be teaching on 1 Corinthians 13 and then uh, all of us are gonna transition then to an application time. Uh, backyard church you'll transition to group discussion and if you're watching online just stay tuned uh your application time will come up right on the screen and i think we're now ready to go to the profound words of the apostle paul in first corinthians chapter 13 if i speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love i am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal So what is the greatest thing? Uh, I had a friend uh, see the series title and say, ah, the greatest thing. Sounds like we'll be talking about pancakes. Uh, No, we're not going to be talking about pancakes for eight weeks. And yes, that was one of the pastors. No, the greatest thing is love. Love is God's mega principle, the reliable guide that will always lead me to what matters most in life. And there's no more powerful summary of this than uh, this last verse. Now, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest, the greatest, the greatest of these is love. But why? Why, why is love the greatest? Why not faith or hope? Uh, faith starts me in my relationship with God. Hope sustains me in my relationship with God. Uh, why are faith and hope not the greatest? Why love? Here's the answer. The answer is that Scripture tells us that God is love. Scripture does not say that God is faith or God is hope. God is love, as the Holy Spirit communicates through the Apostle John in 1 John chapter 4. Love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not have love does not know God because God is love love. This means that uh, when God introduces himself, God sticks out his hand and says, hi, I am love. In scripture, uh, we're taught that God is not just a loving person. God is love. So uh, faith starts me in a relationship with God. Uh, Hope sustains me in a relationship with God. But love is the substance of my relationship with God. God is relationship. God is love. But what does that mean? What does it mean that God is love? Let me bring it back uh, before the virus. Let me bring it back to the days when people used to uh, do things and go places. Uh, Back to the days when I used to like to go to Manhattan for the museums. And one of my favorite museums in Manhattan is the Hayden Planetarium. And uh, the Hayden Planetarium has these comfy seats that tilt back in the darkness. And uh, you see through high-tech projection, uh, this night sky in all its glory. And I love the Hayden Planetarium for uh, two reasons. Uh, The first reason is that uh, as the uh, show begins, you see the universe in uh, brilliant colors, the infinity, the beauty of the universe that just leads you back to the infinity and beauty of the creator, God. And so in the first two minutes, uh, you're just in a rush of wonder and worship. And then after the first two minutes, then comes my uh, second reason why I love the Hayden Planetarium. And that's because, you know, you just can't get sleep like that at home. Uh, And I know some of you feel the same way about my preaching. Back to the uh, planetarium. You know, just before you fall asleep, you hear the deep tones of a Morgan Freeman kind of a voice saying, as we go deeper and deeper into uh, space, we're going further and further back to the beginning, the creation of matter. You see, to the planetarian people, uh, the greatest thing is that someday we'll be able to look deeper and deeper into space and get back to the Big Bang uh, and the creation of matter. That would be the greatest thing. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that if you want to see the greatest thing, you need to go back further. You need to go back further than the creation of matter. You need to keep peeling back the layers of space and time uh, back before the creation of the uh, heavenly beings. Keep peeling back the layers of space and time until you see nothing but God. And when you see nothing but God, you see the greatest thing. You see love. You see love love and you say how is that possible how is it possible that god is love when there's nothing but god that god's all by himself he has no one to show love to how can god be love well this brings us back to the mystery the profound truth of the doctrine of the trinity that god is love from eternity is because god is father son and holy spirit from eternity And in the Godhead, there is this perfect relationship, perfect community, perfect love in God without the creation of anyone else, which is so important uh, that we know that God did not create us because he needed somebody to love him. He did not create us to have somebody to love. God is love, and God created us to invite us one by one through Jesus into the greatest thing, into his love. And this is what Jesus prayed in John chapter 17. Jesus prayed, Father, I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Do you know what this is? This is Jesus' prayer, which means that we're listening in on a private conversation between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when we listen into this private conversation, we hear the excitement of God inviting us, inviting you, inviting me into the greatest thing God's love. So what is the greatest thing? Why is love the greatest thing? Is love is the greatest thing because when you keep peeling back the layers of space and time, you discover that God is love, that love is why the Father created us love is why the son came to save us love is why the holy spirit indwells us love is the substance of this relationship with god that we come to one by one and experience starting now lasting for all eternity love living in me god's love living through me and reaching out to my relationships is the most important thing to God. It is what matters most to God and what should matter most to me. But here's the problem. The problem is that I don't act or think or live like I believe that love is the greatest thing. Oh, I, I live like love is a good thing, but not the greatest thing. Oh, I live like love matters, but I don't live like love matters most. And this is a problem because I will never find what matters most in life unless I pursue love like it matters most. I will never find what matters most in life unless I pursue love like it matters most. I was created not for little things, not just for good things, but for the greatest thing. I've been created by God in Christ, not for little things like cash and cars and retirement accounts. I was not created in Christ for puny things like titles and Twitter and TV. I was created for the greatest thing. I was created to experience the greatest thing in a relationship of love with God. I was created to express the greatest thing uh, in my relationships of love with those around me. This is what matters most to God, and this is what should matter most to me. I have been created to find power and peace and impact by a a life that is centered and focused on pursuing the greatest thing. And I know this leaves a lot of questions like, uh, what exactly is love? And how do I pursue love like it matters most? Well, this is what we're going to be. We're talking about this for the weeks to come, but let's get started now. Let's get started now. And just talking about how to apply this teaching that love is the greatest thing. Let's talk a little bit in our application time about how to pursue love like it matters most. Well, hi, I'm here with, uh, pastor Dan McCandless and, uh, Uh, We've just uh, uh, had a teaching on uh, how love matters most. Love is the greatest thing. Uh, And it's important for us to apply uh, this teaching. And so, Dan, I got uh, a few questions here that uh, we can go through. Hopefully they can uh, lead us to some applications. So uh, here's the first question. Uh, What does the average person say matters most? And what is it really? What do they really think? Got it. Uh, matters most. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, I
1: like that question because I think I think we all know what we're supposed to say matters most, right? I think everybody, if you ask them, they would say, "Well, uh, my family mm-hmm. and friends and God, some some combination of those three, like certainly would be like the top three in most people's you know responses." I think because right. we know that's what we're supposed to say. Yeah. Um, but what really matters? I think if you kind of if you inspected somebody's life day to day. Um, I'm not so sure those three would be at the top. I mm-hmm. think, unfortunately, I think what would be up there might be uh, work, mm-hmm. right, or vocation. Um, what else might be there is comfort or entertainment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the third one would be uh, what people think of me. Yeah. I-, I, think that, mm-hmm. I think that matters more than, you know, almost anything else to people much of the time. Uh, there's, I- I'm thinking of an old adage. Uh, and the adage says, uh, "I can tell you what matters most to you uh, if you let me see your calendar, your checkbook, and your Bible." Mm-hmm. And, and I think that I think that is accurate. It might be, need some updating because I'm not sure anybody writes checks anymore from a checkbook. But <laughs> if, today, I would say, you know what? I, I know I can tell what matters most if you let me see your phone, your social media, and your internet searches. Yeah, right, I think right. I think that would be probably capture a clearer picture of what matters most to people how, how about you what yeah do
0: you... i agree that uh i think there's a disconnect between what people say matters most and what is really in their heart yeah. and uh i think it's i think it's very natural for people to say uh what matters most are is my relationships but mm-hmm. if we were to really kind of peel back the layers and look into their soul uh what they mean is that love matters most but what i mean is what matters most is that I get love, yeah. and that I, I feel love, yeah a uh, quick story. Uh, when my uh, twins were uh, two, three years old, uh, we were teaching them you know how to share uh, mm-hmm. love, love each other through sharing, mm-hmm. and uh, so we, saw we did a pretty good job and uh, and we were watching them as they play with uh, uh, a set of these small plastic farm animals, uh, small you know kind of like the size of a pocket knife or no, no, that's not a good example for a kid's toy you know but uh cigarette lighter size you know but we're, th- we're talking about small yeah and uh and so one kid uh we walk in and one kid has 19 of the uh, farm animals okay. and the other twin has one and we walk <laughs> in as the uh, kid with the 19 is grabbing the one and shouting share yeah and uh, uh and we realize you know we haven't done a great job Uh, teaching this, but I think we're all kind of like those three-year-olds where it's uh, that love matters most as long as it all comes to me.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure we get much better as adults, right? Because the truth (laughs) is we're all, most of us are so greedy to receive love
0: and so stingy to dole it out. That's right. right? But God is love. So we know that uh, what the real definition of love is, which leads to our next question, which is uh, what are the implications of this Bombshell scriptural statement: God is love. Yeah, yeah. That's a much more
1: difficult question. Yeah. That's a much bigger question, right? Theologically, and yeah. and uh, so let me take let me take a swing at it. All right. A, a slice of it, right? So uh, I actually go back to your message they you just preached, and it's uh, you make a case that God's relationship, his his uh, intention towards me- us, his motivation towards us is always love. It's mm-hmm. always based on love. You made the case that like God created us out of love, right? He didn't need us, right? right? He didn't need to create us. He was totally sufficient, totally satisfied, yet he created us so, so he could love us and we could experience his love, mm-hmm. right? Uh, then you made the case too that uh, God sent Jesus to the world because he loved us, yeah. right? In fact, it's right, the most popular scripture mm-hmm. with one we all know, the first one we memorized, John 3, mm-hmm. 16, that says, Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus, right? right? So it was because he loved the world, because he loved us, he sent Jesus to save us, right? right? And then lastly, I I appreciated that you made the case that God put his indwelling Holy Spirit in those who know Jesus because of his great love for us. He wanted us to not only experience his love, but to distribute it, right? To be carriers who let others sense it, feel it, see it through us. So I, I loved it because it's like, you can see that God loves us by the way he created us mm-hmm. by sending Jesus to save us. Oh, you know what? So my favorite verse is not John 3.16. My favorite verse is John 3.17. Because after it says, For God so loved the world that he sent his son Jesus, yeah. John 3.17, I'll remind you, it says, God did not send his son, did not send his son to condemn the mm-hmm. world, but to save, to the, save world the world through him. Yeah, right. right? So you think about that. We always get it mixed up thinking, you know. God's mad at us, he wants to condemn us. It's the exact opposite. Sure. Out of his love, he sent Jesus to save us. That's
0: good, that's good. How
1: about, how about you, yeah. how would you take? tackle yeah. that question?
0: I, I, I'm with you and I think one of the implications of God is love for me is that uh, I wanna grow in love mm-hmm. and my natural tendency is to say, okay, then there's, there's some things that I need to do and there are some things that I need to stop doing. Mm-hmm. And so once I got my do's and don'ts lined up, now I can grow in love. Sure. But this is clearly uh teaching us that love is not a formula right it is a person yeah god is love so if i want to grow in love i need to grow in my relationship with god and uh and it leads us to our next question which is how do we grow in making love matter most and as i see it i mean i think uh that this means that when i want to grow in love i need to be talking to jesus and mm-hmm. uh and no growing my relationship there uh which is a big for me help because i think uh, like a lot of people a lot of times i go to prayer and i'm like ah uh, what do i say yeah uh thank you for this day uh, uh, uh i'm grateful grateful you know and no, i don't know what to say but yeah. if love is the greatest thing then love should be the greatest part of my prayer life yeah. and that uh i'm saying Jesus, uh, I want my marriage to not be stagnant. How do I grow my love for my spouse? Uh, I I got this guy at work, George, sent me a nasty email. What does it mean for me to not retaliate, but could you empower me with your love? Uh, And just taking relationship after relationship and bringing it into a conversation with Jesus, because He is love. There's yeah. no better coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, he, and he
1: loves when you ask him to right. fill you with his kind of love in those kind of relationships. I think the acid test of growing in love is now demonstrated by you taking that prayer. And Jesus says, okay, yeah. now demonstrate it. Right. Right. Demonstrate by the way you love others, right? By the way you treat your wife or your coworker or that friend or the person who offended you, right? So I think the, the acid test, the clear test, is how you grow in love mm. towards others. Yeah. I, I'm reminded that First John, right? he reminds us that, um, how can you say you love God, mm. who you can't see, right. if you don't even love the people you do see, right? It's kind of like, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't wash. So in answer to that sincere prayer of God, fill me, give me love for people, I think the test, how you grow, is then put that into action mm. by loving others, right? By deferring to them, by, by considering their interests and not your own. I, I, I know that we're so self-absorbed, mm. right? Yeah. that that i think we have to kind of die to self and like put others first serving them loving them considering them and i think your love grows by the way you grow in your love for others
0: yeah. that's great yeah well Love matters most to God. It should matter most to me. And so for all of us, uh, don't walk away from uh, this opportunity of uh, teaching and application without uh, doing something uh, to respond to God's kind of nudge uh, in you in some practical way to live out uh, the greatest thing. And uh, so now uh, also don't walk away without uh, worshiping in this uh, closing song.
2: A moment, a glimmer in time, like a child chasing shadows. I know that. Our love, Lord, that, that you are the greatest thing that we could ask for. Lord, we thank you that your love never fails, that that you are the reason that we're here, Lord. You're the reason that we, we live and move and breathe. Lord, so we just pray that you would, you would bless us with your love, Lord, that you would allow us to walk in step with your spirit, allow us to experience what it feels like to be a child of God. Lord, I pray for our church that you would help us to experience your love more each and every day as we walk with you. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to thank you for being here this week at Black Rock Church, and we'll see you next week.